edition of the Hornets Podcast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the Hornets Hivecast. It's a game day edition. We're going to be getting you ready for Hornets versus the Kings on the road in Sacramento, a matchup of two of the top point guards from last year's draft and two of the favorites for Rookie of the Year and most national experts estimations, LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton. Also going to be talking about some of the national appeal of the Hornets as of late and some of the recent local stories as well. To do all of this, we welcome back to the HHC Sir T-Bone of our flagship station WFNZ. You can hear him weekday mornings as well as on the pregame show of each and every game. And is it officially Sir T-Bone now? Have we adopted that moniker? Yes, and uh, thank you for having me back. It's been a while. I normally do not get invited back many places, so this is new for me. So uh, you also use the term privilege uh, in the intro, and I appreciate that because it is a privilege for you to have me on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm glad you realize that. It's very nice of you. It is truly a privilege to have you here, and let's get right into it, because there's a lot of buzz right now around the Hornets, despite the loss to the Golden State Warriors. Locally, there seems to be a different narrative than what is going on nationally. Uh, Let's start with the local angle, and the Hornets took a loss on the road at the Warriors. A lot of the media reports, a lot of the, the chatter on social media afterwards was, you know, a slight disappointment at not being able to follow up the win a week ago at home with another W on the road. But it seemed to lack some context. For instance, the Hornets didn't have their starting center and Golden State all of a sudden did. Uh, Charlotte, you know, still playing shorthanded versus a Warriors team that was certainly motivated and at full strength from an injury standpoint because they not only did they have their starting center, Kevon Looney, and their number two overall pick, James Wiseman, back. But Steph Curry, the greatest shooter in the history of basketball, oh, by the way, played in this one too. So uh, from my vantage point, I thought the Hornets played a really great game effort-wise and made it interesting despite being shorthanded against a full-strength Warriors team on the road. But a lot of the local stories didn't seem to reflect that. What was your takeaway? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that. It went as kind of I expected it to. Look, when you when you beat them the way the Hornets beat the Warriors a week ago, you've got their attention now. So they're ready to go. They get Looney back. They get Steph Curry back. They get James Wiseman back. They were basically, obviously, Clay Thompson notwithstanding, they were basically at full strength. While as you said, the Hornets without a couple of key components, it, they, they were ready for that game. Draymond Green, you saw early. He almost had a triple double like in the first. 12 minutes or whatever it was like he he was amped up for that Steph Curry amped up and when when you beat teams like the Warriors when you beat teams like the Suns you get their attention so the next time you play that team next time the Hornets play the Suns whatever that is you're going to have their attention as well you are going to get to a point when your roster is so talented and you're knocking people off you're not going to have those games the second time or third time around, if that's the case, when you sneak up on them. So I expected the Warriors to be much different than they were a week ago, and they were. So I don't understand the negativity. I actually thought the Hornets uh, quitted themselves quite well for the most part of the basketball game. I thought so, too. I mean, yes, there were too many turnovers. That that's you know goes without saying. You don't want to be committing. So, hey, Sam, the Warriors, I said this the other day, like – People are talking about game one being ugly and kind of mucked up a little bit and all the turnovers. As of a week ago, the Warriors were a top-five defense in the league. The Warriors defensively have gotten a lot better. They're good defensively. Phoenix is good defensively. So we think of those teams out west as scoring teams. Golden State 
plays very good defense. That starts with Draymond Green. So in terms of the turnovers and all that, that didn't surprise me at all when you go through the numbers of, of what they are. And again, I, I think effort-wise, the team was right where it needed to be. But I, I don't think you can overstate how impactful the injury to Cody Zeller was, not having your starting center there. And and I get that the, the knee-jerk reaction to that is, well, this team should have more centers on it. But most teams in most professional sports these days are not in a uh, late 1980s, early 90s San Francisco 49ers mold where you have Joe Montana and Steve Young is waiting on the bench. That's not how it works. You have a certain amount of cap space. You have a certain amount of resources that you can dedicate to these things. I think the Hornets certainly seem to have some good centers in the pipeline. We're liking what we're seeing from the bubble in terms of Nick Richards and Vernon Carey. Uh, But that's not an overnight process to just, poof, come up with another center who's ready to go in and compete with the best bigs in the world. And similar to the fact that without Cody Zeller, the Hornets are a very different team. You can say that across the board. I'll bet you if we remove Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers and said, hey, go play against a full-strength Warriors team, I think similar things would happen. Uh, yeah, take Jokic away from Denver and have them go play a team. <laughs> I'm not saying that Zeller's uh, Nikola Jokic, but you, to your point, yes. Look, I, I understand it. Part of being a fan and a fanatic is, you know, you see something and you immediately have this reaction. You want to win every game. I get it. I certainly do. But at the same time, when I'm watching the games, I'm looking at how are they playing? And I think if you are going to compare the two games against the Warriors, I was much more pleased with how the Hornets played in Game 2, considering the circumstances being down their starting center, still without Devontae Graham, than how they played in Game 1, taking in the fact that Game 1 was their first time on a basketball floor together in about a week. You know how it goes in the NBA. Some people have a a football mindset where every single game determines kind of who you are, your narrative. It's just not the way it works in the the sports like baseball, hockey, and, and basketball, it's taken in stretches, right? I look at it as a four or five game stretch of this and that. And what do they do in this last, you know, six games, except whatever number you want to put on, it's more done in stretches than the, the football mentality. So there are also games that come up, Sam, you know, where the odds are, are very, the, the Vegas odds may not even correlate how up against it you are based off your roster, what you're coming off of. And sometimes it's what the other team has going on. The Warriors are also, uh, in that playoff hunt as well. They blew two games in the last two weeks. One, Draymond Green against the Spurs threw up an awful shot at the end of the game. They lost that game. They had a terrible end against the Hornets. I felt the circumstances in this game led much more to the result that we saw that doesn't mean that the Hornets are playing badly. It was one game. You bounce back. You go take care of business in the next three games on the road trip. Well, we're going to talk about the next one against Sacramento in a moment, but want to continue the conversation on the narrative. We talked about the local one. We'll talk about the national one next with Travis T-Bone Hancock of our flagship station, WFNZ. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Travis T-Bone Hancock, pregame host on WFNZ for the Hornets Radio Network, as well as a morning host, and he has had quite the schedule as of late. Travis, uh, you got to be up at, what, 4 a.m. to go in for your morning job, and then you're staying up till 
roughly 10 p.m. to do these pregame shows with the team out west. How are you holding up? I'm doing fine. Yeah, nothing to see here. By the way, it's 3.45 a.m. if you're keeping score at home. If I hit snooze, that'll take it over to 4 4 a.m. That's if I'm feeling kind of, you know, frisky on the snooze button there. Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, Pregame at 9. I leave my apartment at 7.15 because it takes a little bit of time to get there and prepare and and get ready. So, uh, yeah, the Friday night ones, even in the the normal game times, is one that's – a little difficult to rev up, but then you got the weather outside. It's pouring, and it's like, well, this is going to be a difficult one. But we we made it work. Only one, only one glaring mistake last night. I had. I felt good about my performance. What was I, the mistake? I, I said Cody Zeller had a hip concussion, <laughs> not a hip contusion. I said the wrong word, and uh, we're off and rolling after that. But we're fine. Sometimes I can't tell if I've had a head contusion or a concussion or both. But you know, yeah, hey, such is life. There's, there's there's no such thing as a hip concussion. I did some research on it. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, Travis Tebow and Hancock here with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. We talked about some of the local reaction to the recent game against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the national media is is starting to notice. Uh, we're seeing uh, Terry Rozier on Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN. Uh, the Bill Simmons podcast, you know, went through its favorite league pass teams. And right at the top of the list, the Charlotte Hornets. And for the second half of the season, uh, the Hornets, who every team has to get a nationally televised game, but then there's teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, or other big-time championship contending teams where their television crew basically has a third of the year off because they're going to be on national TV so much. The Hornets are getting closer to that. They've got two games, one at Brooklyn and one at home against Boston, where the national spotlight will be on the Queen City. Did I did I see it right? Was that accurate? Did I see that the the Lakers have nineteen national games the second half of the season? Did I did I read that correctly? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked at it. I thought I saw on the bottom line the Lakers have nineteen national games the second half of the season, but it doesn't surprise me. But it's absurd. Yeah, you got uh, Terry Rozier on the the Jalen Jacoby show. Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose has been talking up the Hornets about every day. Jalen Rose is a massive. Lamelo Ball fan, and then obviously he's watching, so he's seeing Rogier. Jalen Rose is becoming a uh, sort of a national voice for the Hornets. Kendrick Perkins on the jump, he talks Hornets all the time. They're leading shows off with the Hornets, and then you mentioned Bill Simmons, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe, I think, is the the smartest NBA media guy in the business. I think Zach Lowe of uh, ESPN, he's that good. He's fantastic, and Bill Simmons follows the league as well as anybody. Simmons from a, a fan-type mode at times, media thing, I'm a fan-type mode as well. Zach Lowe from the breaking the film down stuff. Yeah, they, they had a, I believe it was a 90-minute podcast yesterday where they they redid their league pass fun rankings. They each picked five teams that are the most fun teams to watch in the league via their league pass. So Bill Simmons uh, picked the Hornets as his number one. They talked Hornets on this 90-minute podcast for about 18 straight minutes or so. That That's never happened before. They talked about Bridges and Monk and Rozier, and they even threw Borrego in the Coach of the Year discussion. They they talked Airbnb nicknames. So when you combine Rozier on a national show, Kendrick Perkins talking Hornets all the time on the jump, podcast with Simmons and Lowe, you see where this is headed, and it's just the start of this. They, they are becoming a national team, and it's very fun to watch. And, and it's significant on a couple of levels. One, for the future, because you've got a young, budding superstar in LaMelo Ball, and we, we broke it down uh, yesterday on the Hornets Hivecast comparing LaMelo's 
rookie numbers as a starter against all-time greats like Chris Paul and Stephen Curry and Magic Johnson from their rookie seasons, and the numbers are, are reasonably favorable. I mean, LaMelo's pretty much right there, not just in his personal stats, but the impact on winning for his franchise. But beyond that, the present is pretty good, too. I, I realize that everything is extremely tight in the Eastern Conference, and that, for instance, if the Hornets had won the other day against Golden State, they would have been essentially in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. But because it ended up in a loss, they end up essentially in 10th place. That's a pretty dramatic swing based off one game. But all that being said, while the future is very bright with LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward signed long-term and in another year at least of Terry Rozier and a lot of these pieces are coming back, the present looks pretty good too. Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball have infused themselves fairly seamlessly into this roster. Everyone seems to fall into a better place. Well, as you mentioned with the Eastern Conference, I think there's like, I don't have it directly from me at the moment, but I looked at it this morning. Is it like three and a half games or four games separates four from 13 or something like that? Yeah, that's not even counting like four through 10, which is like one game. And every time you look at it, every, every time a team wins, you go check the standings. They, Boston, Boston was like fifth like six days ago. Now they're out of it. When I say back, yeah, I mean top eight, not the, the Well, normally – Tebow, normally, you know, a month into the season, you can have a good week and move up three or four spots or a bad week and move down three or four spots. But generally speaking, about three months into the season where we are now, you've got to be hot for like two weeks to move up two spots. Now it's you lost a game. That game flipped six positions in the standings. I know Toronto one day was nine this is like two weeks ago or three toronto was nine and then like a day later they had one or two days later they had one two they were fifth they went up four spots in like a day toronto went from canada doesn't necessarily want them back this year to now they're going to host a playoff series if the season ended today yeah now they're back um the other thing too to watch is like the wizards are getting hot all of a sudden it's like wait, wait a minute hold on like that was one team i had buried cleveland detroit and washington i said all right well those are three Certainly, they're dead in the water. Well, all of a sudden, here comes the Wizards. They beat Denver the other night. They're moving up. I think they are, They were about to pass Atlanta, or they're going to pass Atlanta. I don't know if they did yet or not. But all of a sudden, here comes here comes the Wizards. You know Miami with Pat Riley. They've struggled, but they're not going to stay pat. They're going to make some trade of some sort to get themselves back in during this window that they have. But you mentioned, too, about the team itself. Think about how this team is in end-of-game situations. Think about the options that Borrego has end of game. He can say Lamelo drive kick, Lamelo layup, Lamelo Rogier. He has so many branches to the plates, and that affects the defense because before it was just we're sending everyone at Kemba. The whole arsenal's going right towards Kemba. Now you can't send all these guys at Rogier or Hayward or Ball because that ball swings to even Devontae's in there. PJ, like it's so hard to defend this team down the stretch of games because they have so many options and they have a late game killer right now and Terry Rozier especially and we didn't even mention Gordon Hayward who single-handedly broke down Orlando and won a game in this exact scenario we're talking about so yeah a lot a lot of options right now for the Hornets we'll see if they need one tonight when they take on the Sacramento Kings we'll preview that matchup with Travis T-Bone Hancock of WFNZ next here on the Hornets Hivecast Hornets fans, the buzz is building. 
for season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber and Travis T-Bone Hancock here with you today on the Hornets Hivecast. It's a game day edition, so we're going to talk about tonight's contest, Hornets at Sacramento Kings. We're going to start talking about it early so that T-Bone can talk about it very, very late for him uh, as tip-off is set for 10 p.m. in the Queen City. Uh, Charlotte on the road at Sacramento, two teams that haven't been to the playoffs in a while. Sacramento a lot longer than the Hornets drought, but two teams that feel that they're on the come-up. Hornets with some strong performances. They have been in or around a playoff position most of the season. Sacramento started off really well uh, to the point that Tyrese Halliburton, their rookie out of Iowa State, was getting a lot of rookie of the year buzz, but then they lost nine in a row, and were it not for a win over Detroit that they had to pull off a comeback to execute, uh, you know, they'd be looking at a 10-game losing streak. They're a pretty poor defensive team, but it's a squad with a lot of building blocks. You've got De'Aaron Fox, who has a, been a borderline all-star this season. You've got Marvin Bagley III, who is an outstanding big, who's just been snake-bitten his entire pro career by injuries, but he is a, a very talented player. There's a lot of pieces there in Sacramento. It just hasn't quite come together yet. Your thoughts on this matchup head-to-head with Sacramento? Well, first of all, if you hear heavy breathing and panting right now, my dog, Mabel, is literally laying on top of me right now, attacking me while you're talking. So I don't know if she needs to be part of the Hivecast or not, but I'll do my best here to answer your questions. Uh, yeah, the Kings started out relatively well. You know, they were right there in that, you know, playoff, you know, not upper echelon playoff mix, but they were in that 8-9 range. They really fell off. Uh, it's kind of odd because they have pretty good roster on paper, right? When you've got De'Aaron Fox, you've got Halbert, Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes and Bagley and De'Aaron Fox has just been out of this world. I think he's at uh, 22 points per game or something in that neighborhood. He's been outstanding, and Halliburton's been a great rookie. But the other guys on the team have sort of plateaued a little bit. Bagley, you keep waiting to make that leap into the into the 2010 range, and he has moments, but he's only at, I think, 13 a game, which is not going to help out De'Aaron Fox. So those are two guys that are they're still waiting for – something and then buddy healed who looked like he was on his way to being one of the best scorers in the league you know he's again he's he's okay but he hasn't really gotten better the last couple of years so fox is great hal burton's gonna be great and he's, he's on his way although he has a sore knee we'll see if he plays tonight he missed the last game something worth monitoring here uh so you know it's all there like they got a pretty good group it's just they, they bagley's not making the league barnes is Probably not worth what he's paid, and Buddy Heald's kind of just okay to, to, to a good at times. So if De'Aaron Fox gets any help from the three guys I mentioned, uh, not being Halbert, uh, they can be really good, but it seems like it's De'Aaron Fox and just sort of pray you, you get some help from the other guys along the way here. Let's look specifically at this game because, again, it, it's important. Uh, the Hornets have a chance to wrap up a Western Conference road trip at 500 which is not easy to do because the West has dominated the East all throughout the season. What is one matchup, one performance you think would be key for the Hornets to be back to 500 on this road trip looking ahead to Portland and Minnesota after the Sacramento game? Well, I think when you looked at the road trip, the two games that you marked down as games they should win was Sacramento-Minnesota. They're better than both those teams. They already beat Minnesota, although – 
you know, that got kind of hairy down the stretch there. But yeah, they, they need to, for them to have a successful road trip, they've got to get wins against Sacramento and Minnesota. It was, it was sort of like, get wins against those two, and which one can you knock off of that Portland, Phoenix, you know, Golden State, Port, you know, the, can, what, which one can you get there? They got Phoenix. Now they got to make sure that they get two of the ones to be three and three is pretty good on the six gamer here. They just got to make sure they don't let down in a game, a game against Sacramento or Minnesota. Because I think Portland's going to be tough. That's a back to back. Portland's actually lost four in a row. They're really missing CJ McCollum right now. Um, so they they were on fire for a while. But you don't you don't want to lose to Sacramento, Sam, and then have to go face Lillard the next night. Just because he can, all of a sudden he could get 47 and all of a sudden carry that past you. And then all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, face of Minnesota thinking, oh, man, this could be a pretty, pretty bad trip. So get Sacramento, get Minnesota. I worry about Portland. Uh, but, but the next two point guard matchups, think about those matchups. This is a great guard matchup trip. Now it's the Aaron Fox versus Lamelo Ball. That is fantastic basketball. And then you've got Damian Lillard versus Lamelo Ball. How fun is this going to be the next two nights? If Lamelo Ball wins the matchup against De'Aaron Fox, that, that's over. It's done. Because they go as he goes. If you take De'Aaron Fox out of things, and I don't know if you shut him down, but sort of slow him down, they're not, they're, they, they have no chance of winning that basketball game. And just you know, think of what you're saying here. Lamelo Ball, a 19-year-old rookie, we're talking about him playing – up to and in times exceeding the level of guys like Mike Conley and playing with Chris Paul and playing with Steph Curry and Dame Lillard and De'Aaron Fox. I mean, you've got all-stars across the board here, all-star caliber players across the board at point guard, and the Hornets' rookie point guard is not just, you know, playing little brother to big brother. He's out there balling with these guys and keeping his team right in the thick of it each and every night. The, the Utah game, I know things faded fast, but the, the injury component can't be overstated. I mean, it, the injury component overall, I don't think there's a single game we've seen all year where the Hornets have had all of their weapons. I, what are they going to be like if they have Ball and Hayward and Rozier and Graham and Washington and Bridges and Zeller all available for a game? This could very easily be a top five team in the East, the way things have gone down. We haven't seen them all together with Monk being hot either. Monk, Monk, we know he was coming off COVID, so we haven't seen the the starting unit, and then you throw in Monk in there. We haven't seen the whole the whole arsenal really together that much, if at all. So, what a what a fun matchup tonight. I know it's late, but just uh, you know, we don't get to see the Kings a lot nationally here. I don't I don't think maybe our fans here know quite how good the Aaron Fox is. This is a fun matchup. Sunday night basketball, two young point guards. I, I think the world of De'Aaron Fox. I think he's exceptional. So to watch that matchup tonight, uh, that's going to be a fun one. Could be some points scored, winnable game for the Hornets. But I'm excited for our fans here to get a look at De'Aaron Fox as well, just from a, a guy that loves basketball. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. We, we don't get to see some of these West Coast teams like Phoenix, what, like we saw in, in uh, Sacramento. You know, we, we see a lot of Lakers. We see a lot of Clippers. We, we see a lot of the same teams, but it's been fun to, on this trip to see some teams we don't see a ton of. This is the perfect night to get the, the, the earbuds out, put the you know old school, the way I did when I was you know a little kid, put the radio under your pillow and just you know tune in, take you to bed with the Hornets as they take on the Kings. 
Hornets after midnight tonight. Hornets after dark. Who's your uh, Who's your all time radio guy? Like who did you like? Who was your basketball or sports? Who was your like, Who was your favorite like radio broadcaster when you were young? Wow, I mean, some of, some of my favorite for for radio in particular. I've always loved John Miller. Um, he's he's done a lot of yeah. sports, but particularly baseball. He he was one of my favorites uh, growing up in the Bay Area. He was on there a lot. Um, Gosh, you know, television, Mike Patrick has always been my favorite, uh, a legend from ESPN. You know, I, I didn't know it growing up that I was potentially training myself for a career. I just thought I was obsessed with sports, or I knew I was obsessed with sports and didn't want to go to bed. I wanted to listen to the game. Yeah. And uh, But, um, yeah, I mean, this one, a particularly late night, but uh, hopefully I can, you know, keep keep people entertained and and are you coming on for post game? I mean, it's pretty much going to work time for you, anyways. Uh, post game will be at six a.m. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Connecticut, not far from New York. So uh, back in the nineties, the young people may not realize it, but uh, before he made the transition to being one of the greatest of all time on television, uh, Mike Breen was the radio guy. That's with, right. Uh, with Clyde Frazier. So I grew up in the those great Knicks teams of the mid nineties. That was uh that was Mike Breen and Clyde Frazier. Then, of course, you know, as the decade rolled along, Mike Breen sort of uh, became uh, the, the sort of uh, second, third guy with, with Marv and uh, Tom Hammond on NBC. And then he, he transitioned to take over eventually for ABC. But I grew up with uh, Mike Breen and Walt Clyde Frazier, the radio guys that eventually went over to TV. So. And they're still there on TV. That, that, you know, we yeah. talked earlier yeah. about favorite league pass teams, and the Hornets are quickly becoming everyone's favorite league pass team. But my personal favorite or one of them, uh, you might, my early one in the day is Breen on the Knicks. Absolutely love watching him. And then late at night, uh, Brian Seaman and the Clippers. They, they do a great job, too. There, there's a lot of fun to be had watching League Pass, but hopefully uh, the Hornets will uh, keep you entertained tonight. And, again, be sure to tune in starting at 9 p.m. Travis T-Bone Hancock will have the pregame show on WFNZ and then hand it off to me at 10 p.m. in the Queen City. T-Bone, thanks so much for joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Anytime, man. Have a good one. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, tomorrow we'll have a breakdown of this game as well as a preview of Portland. It's a back-to-back edition of the HHC. Hope you'll be with us for it. Till next time, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on the Hornets Hivecast. And in the words of LaMelo Ball, Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.